Learning how to recognize distractions has been paramount for my life. And, and, and every champion I know, they recognize distractions. You think Peyton's, you know, engaging with every single person that wants the free tickets? You know, you, you just got to learn to, hey, not right now, not ever. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. I have been waiting for months for this product to come out and it's finally here, the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Focus Shot. Four Sigmatic has always believed in seeking energy through nutrient-dense foods, sleep hygiene, movement, and hydration. So when they came up with this product as an alternative to all those gnarly energy drinks that are out there, I was so excited. This is the first ready-to-drink product that promotes focus and energy without all the gnarly ingredients. You can sip half of the bottle of Lion's Mane and Guayusa with a powerful pineapple taste from only real ingredients. No artificial sweeteners or flavors are allowed. I can drink half of the bottle in the morning and then half in the afternoon, and it doesn't make me feel weird and jittery in the afternoon. Go to foursigmatic.com and use the promo code radicallyloved. That's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D to get a special discount on all the Four Sigmatic products. Back to our show. Hey listeners, we need your support. Help us by subscribing and rating to this podcast. Send us a snapshot of your review or comment and we will send you a very special Radically Loved gift. Send your comment to info at radicallyloved.com. You can also click on the show notes here on this podcast for more information. If you want to be part of our community, please click the link to our private Facebook group, on the show notes of this particular podcast so you can be the first to hear of upcoming trainings, retreats, and special Radically Loved events. Thanks so much for listening. Ryan Harris is a motivational speaker, author, and Super Bowl 50 champion. He's a 10-year veteran of the NFL and off the field. Ryan believes that together we can change the world. He believes that it is your right to be extraordinary. Not only is Ryan a dear friend and somebody I really look up to, in his latest book, Mindset for Mastery, he talks about his journey and all of the struggles and tribulation that got him to where he is today. Ryan continues to display his tenacity and his drive and really sets the example of what it takes to be a champion. 
I'm so excited to share this conversation with all of you as this was one of my favorite interviews I've done to date. Here's Ryan Harris. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. We're here. We're here. I'm here with one of my favorite people and brother and just inspiring individual around, Ryan Harris. Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to be on your podcast, share time with you, meet Andrew and others uh, in your circle, and and, uh, great to reconnect. Great to reconnect. Thank you. And so we're in, you'll hear the ambient sound of us being at the beach and we're having tea and Ryan was so um, sweet to have us come over on his LA trip. And obviously, selfishly, I'm glad that I get to see you. So this is great. (laughs) And Notre Dame's 12-0. So Notre Dame won. Yep, they beat USC. You you know what's funny (laughs) is that I'm like watching everything and and I know and I'm like, okay, what would Ryan say about this game right now? Like looking at this. I still can't figure it out, but at least I can just, I know I have a good encyclopedia I could just text and be like hey what is this is this good or bad I just need to know if it's good or bad absolutely just defense wins championships the easiest thing to say around football teams (laughs) so uh Ryan just wrote an incredible book uh that I'm really excited to talk about and I'm also just really excited to talk to you about just you know your life and the things that you've um you've learned and overcame and to get to this place where you are now and being in the place where so many millions of people envy getting to the Super Bowl championship yeah, yeah, that yeah. you've achieved. Crazy. It's still crazy to hear. Is it? Yeah. Are you wearing a ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it on there. You want to throw it on for the interview? Can I, can I wear it for the interview? <laughs> you got it. I wore This gave me magical powers when I did my spe- the speaking. <laughs> so Ryan and I both spoke at Avoso Live earlier this year. Yeah. And... It was the first time I actually ever shared my story on a stage. Yeah. So it was pretty powerful. Well, it's funny you say that because when we were kind of working beforehand, that was the first time, like, I am, I can, I will. One of the things I talk about, I kind of was open with that and, and about that was my process. And you you wrote, that is, uh, you know, that's inspirational AF, you know. And yeah. I was like, man, I, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad it, you know, people could see it for what it was because until then I hadn't shared that either. You know yeah. I mean? That's a process that I had used, but... You you were one of the first people that were like, yeah, no, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing to that, too, is that in in my tradition in yoga, you know, I have a teacher I study with. Part of our, our grand teacher's mantra was, I can, I will, I must. Yeah, yeah. And so anytime we did any type of visualization or uh, writing of... Uh, manifesting trying to bring things to life that was sort of the the prompt that we would get and so right. when you said that and when i heard it i'm like oh no whoa hold on here it is connection this is this this was the way that i was really fully able to connect with that mindset because yeah. to me it all just came together and then the way that you were able to bring that and bridge that into your life and the things that you've learned was really impactful yeah thank you i mean that's one of the things with athletes people don't think uh, we fail you know what i mean and as an athlete you know that's one of the best things for me in writing my book i I give people examples of when i failed you know what i mean and how tough it was and and that's what you know one of the parts i love about your story when when you're in the cop car with the panda gloves you know but you know it's 
we don't we talk about failure less than we talk about sex and it's yeah. crazy because we don't equip each other with the experiences and the knowledge and the tools to work out of it and one of the things in benefits of becoming a champion I can be a champion for more than myself and part of that is showing and talking to people about you know the different failures I had and how I worked out of it because no matter who you are where you're from we'll all fail at some point and we all want success whatever that looks like for us yeah so yeah. encouraging people to go get it and be themselves while doing it, you know, yeah. as you say, it looks different. Yeah. And, and just embrace that. And I think yeah. it's something that we turn away from a lot. And I know something that I did, you know, I turned away from being different and being sounding and looking and preparing different. And those are the things that helped me become a champion. Yeah. I like that in, in the book you write about this a lot and you talk about this, the, the different steps into getting to a place where you can actually do the work and achieve greatness and yeah. achieve success. I think that a lot of the times people get tripped up in in the in-between state. And I'm saying the in-between, maybe it's the actual doing of the whatever the thing may be. You know, you talk about mindset and then once the mindset happens, there's the work, right? And we yeah, almost yeah. kind of skate over the work and then Don't it's like, oh, it. here's, right? <laughs> and here's the championship, yeah, you yeah. know? So let's, I want to talk about that because you of all people, and I, I love the way that you wrote about it in the book, because there's a lot of people that might listen to this because they're in that place right now, Yeah. right? They're in the rut. Yeah. Well, and part of it too is you're, you're doing so much hard work, I think, at times between, and you said the mindset and the accomplishment, and there's a big space in between where you've got to do the work, you right. know, in college or, you know, I have a family member who's going to get her doctorate and, you know. She was so concerned after deciding she wanted to do it and then going to it, if she'd be able to do it, you know, it's like, but yeah. also one of the things that happens is in that work, you don't know if it's going to pay off. You know what I mean? And we always want, you know, we want to put our credit card in the machine. No one's going to buy that cup of tea, a cup of coffee for us. You know, we want to know that everything we're doing is going to pay off. And that's the toughest part when you're really reaching for your goal is you, you can't know until the end that everything was worth it. And that's the best part for me in winning the Super Bowl. Everything mattered. And I couldn't tell you if it was the 8 a.m. workout I did the, the weekend, the day after we graduated high school, or if it was the yoga that I did the week before the Super Bowl. You know, but it all matters. And yeah. at the same time, nothing matters, right? Yeah. None of it mattered in the moment when we played those 60 minutes to win a Super Bowl. So, uh, but in those moments of doing work, you know, I think about the various times in my career, you know, I ran 18-400s as a kid, you know what I mean? Something I, I, my trainer, when I went to the NFL, came back, he's like, hey, we got, we got 12. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm a professional. I'll do four. You know what I'm saying? Like some, so that, that worked there. And then in college, just really working on, uh, you know, myself and my belief, but also, you know, my body, working to strengthen my body, working to get nutrition into my body, yeah. you know, and then in the NFL, I remember, you know, I was, I was in the showers after one of my first practices and I'm thinking, do I have to tell them that I can't play football this fast and that I can't, you know what I mean? Cause or are they going to find out? You know, it's like this moment for me of like, I can't play in the NFL. What am I doing here? Even as a third-round pick, and then you know the year before we won the Super Bowl, started 16 games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, on my way through a 10-year NFL career, and the Kansas City Chiefs told me that I didn't have any football left. Well, I went and started 19 games the following season. Did the work in the off-season. Learned how to breathe again because Peyton Manning runs plays every 15 seconds. You know what I mean? So I had to learn how to breathe again, and and just the different work. The new things I tried season after season were all worth it because, and at the end of the day, even if I hadn't won the Super Bowl, I was a different person and the best person I could be because of yeah. the work I put in. Yeah. Well, and, and I want to go back to what you said about 
there's that feeling of maybe inadequacy or feeling yeah. like you're not enough. And those, those things that the negative track that goes on in our minds in those processes, right? Which is what yeah. I'm saying. That's the gap point. That's where we're sort of filling in the work that has to happen. And, um, how were you able to, to get out of that mindset? Was it, was it, Oh, hi seagull. <laughs> <laughs> was it something that just happened where you, it would come in and you were so dedicated and disciplined with the, the mindset that you already had to commit that it just, it would come and go. Or were there moments where you really sat in that, that Absolutely. despair? Yeah, both, you know, and I'm a big proponent of feeling your feelings, you know what I mean? Of sitting there and, and being just, you know, if I'm upset, I'm upset. You know, and maybe you're not saying it to somebody, but if you can recognize it yourself, you know, even something as little as I am in traffic, right? You know what I mean? Like, instead of being <laughs> upset, honking the horn, you know, like, I am in traffic, you know? So, um, so both, you know, I definitely were different times of failure. I mean, I had nine different surgeries. One time I had to crawl up my stairs because I forgot my phone and I couldn't walk, you know, after my toe surgery. I've had three back surgeries and, and complete doubt that I would ever, let alone play football again, but you know, be active again. And, and I think what, what happens is we run away and we don't want to think about that, right? We want to, people think about mindset and they think, okay, well, I'm going to stay away from those negative thoughts. Well, you also have to acknowledge your negative thoughts. You know, you have to kind of be there so that you can know where you're going to, where you're going from. Okay, I am upset. I am terrified. You know, I'm, the night before the Super Bowl, I said to myself, I am terrified, you know, that my greatest achievement will be my greatest failure if we lose this game. You know what I mean? And, and just being there in that place and identifying who you are and what you're, what you're feeling is huge. But then there's also something, as I said, like, you know, it's both sitting there but also committing to that mindset. I realized early, and it was in college, um, that not everybody around you wants to succeed, even if they're in the same surroundings. And that was crazy. I mean, think about it, even in the NFL. Like, I would be in the NFL, and, and I was on teams, multiple teams, where we had great talent, but guys just didn't really want to be a champion. And it, and it was inexplicable to me because it looks so similar, right? There's over 1,600 football players in the NFL this year, but only 53 are going to be champions. And it's because of their mindset and their commitment. So for me, it was realizing, and I had a uh, college teammate who was going through the NFL when I was a sophomore, and he was like, you know, a lot of the teams are asking me, you know, if I party a lot. I said, heck yeah, you know, I party because I want to enjoy my college experience. What is the difference between going in the fifth round and the seventh round if I had a good time? Well, he wow. went in the seventh round, and he stayed in the NFL for a year. So, I mean, I'm glad he had that college experience. Now, let me tell you about ordering steak in Miami and Denver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. So I realized early on that, you know what, I was different. And then really playing with Peyton Manning makes you realize it's going to be different. Yeah. Like you, you get in a huddle with Peyton Manning, it sounds different, it's quicker. I mean, and you know what? And he's never apologized for that. So all of a sudden I started surrounding myself with people who were elite and champions and who wanted to push themselves. And it does look different. It sounds different. And I used to, I used to feel bad about that. You know, I used to, you know, no, I, now I embrace it. You know, everything to, to my multi-ethnicity. You know, I'm, I'm Obama black, you know what I'm saying? We're in that <laughs> White House, you know? And at, for a long time, that wasn't good enough for one or the other. Right. But I don't care. So I think the combination of staying in your feelings, even for a moment, even for in, in a yoga pose. Sometimes yeah. I'll go to yoga and, 
and I'll be in that space of like, this is my mind. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about this idea, but you know what? That means I'm working through it somehow. Mm -hmm. So let's be here. Let's think about this. Yeah. What pisses me off about this? What excites me about this? Yeah. And so being there, but also recognizing that even if you're around people in an environment where you're going to succeed, doesn't mean that everybody around you wants to be successful. And that can be yeah. a powerful moment to have. Yeah, I, I think that's such a, a big issue with the people that are wanting to create a shift in their life, right? Yeah. Because if they have the mindset, like you said in the book, you talk about this, if they have the mindset, this is what will happen. Your life will begin to change and life will test you, Yeah. right? Be tested right away, usually. Yeah. 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 So how, what does that look like for people? You know, I think forgiveness is big. You know, in, in terms of forgiving yourself for mistakes you've made, you know, like, uh, you know, take yoga, for example. I'll, you know, I want to do yoga every single day. That's not entirely possible. So instead of being in, you know, it's possible, sure, but instead of being upset with myself that I missed yoga and going through my day because I didn't hit my downward dog, like, I'm just going to enjoy my day. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think, I think doing something new is huge, you know, I mean... People to me, and, and I talk to a lot of people after speaking in, in the book and stuff, and, and they'll be like, well, you know, I, I just, I want to be different. I'm like, well, what are you doing differently? You know, you have to do new things. You know, I talked about having to learn how to breathe with Peyton Manning. I had to go to an MMA coach in my ninth year of the NFL now. So I'd already had success. I'd already been able to be successful on the field, but I needed to do something new. I needed to learn how to breathe again. Yeah. And so even my yoga practice was something new that athletes at the time, 15 years ago, not a lot of yeah. cats were doing yoga. Mm -hmm. So do something new. And I always relate it back to, you know, our relationships we're in. You know, my wife and I, we go on different dates. Do we have our favorite places? Absolutely. But if I took her to the same place every time and, you know, and, and expected our love to grow and expected us to get married from the same place that we went for pizza our first date like that probably is not realistic right. but so many of us do that in our yeah. life okay I'm unwilling to move I'm unwilling to go to a yoga class I'm unwilling to say yes to a dinner uh, with friends that really I just want to sit down and watch Netflix you got to be willing to do something new yeah. and often just doing something new will one be one of your favorite experiences but it'll just open you up to different things and give you a new perspective yeah as uh, somebody who's uh inspirational speaker and you you really know how to motivate crowds and this is part of your it's part of the value that you want to give out into the world yeah yeah there's the people in your life that you've known that have the potential that have just somehow not gotten to the place of achieving greatness and they ask you for help i'm just curious like what what do you say to them or, or even there's a story that you wrote about in the book where you talk about a, a friend of yours that he couldn't lose weight or something of yeah, that yeah. nature like he just he was a talented that you couldn't get by on talent alone yeah right yeah so what do you say do people like this come and ask you for advice and if so or maybe not do you elicit your own advice yeah like no. what do you say to them yeah it happens a lot you know and i think about one time a, a young kid had emailed me and said hey you know mr harris i'm a big fan of yours and i want to be a, in the nfl and i'd love for you to um you know maybe coach me on the weekends or something or maybe we can you know throw some passes or you can give me some tips i said absolutely and before we get started, I want you to know you're going to have to commit yourself to overcoming fears, failures, and mistakes because this is a process. If you really want to be in the NFL, kids, I want to go to the NFL someday, I want to play in college, 
if you want to do these things, you have to commit yourself to overcoming these challenges and the embarrassment that's going to happen at different times. Never heard from the kid again. You know, and that's an example of all the t things that people, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I want to, I want to be great. I want to do something great. I'm like, well, what, you know, what are you willing to do for that? Oh, well, I want to stay in my house. I want to stay where I'm at. You know what I mean? Or, you know, a friend of mine, you know, in a relationship and, and I'm thankful for him choosing happiness. He's like, Ryan, I'm just so unhappy. I'm like, well, then choose happiness. You know, like yeah. just make that break. Well, you know, it's. There's cultural, there's cultural, you know, backlash between breaking up and a marriage, you know, getting divorced. I'm like, that that doesn't matter. Are you willing? Are you want to be happy? Or are you willing to be unhappy the rest of your life? So, I really try and question people to find out their willingness because then it's not about what I say. It's yeah. about you recognizing and, and opening up that you know what I'm willing to change. I'm willing to forget what society thinks about divorce to be happy. I'm willing to work with an NFL athlete so that I can become my best football player self, you know, versus, well, I just want you to give me a couple of pointers and then I'll walk into a weight room and say, oh, or, or a field and say, oh, Ryan Harris taught me a couple of things. I'm going to be great. Like, it's not me. It's going to yeah. be you. And so as much as I can encourage people to really discover what they want in their life, and that's yeah. the impact I'm looking to have. Yeah. So, and tell me the, the, how did I am, I can, I will yeah. come about? I was shoeless, I was cleatless on the football <laughs> field. I had gotten literally, do we swear on the podcast? Yeah, you can swear. Okay, yeah, I literally got the shit knocked out of me. Uh, <laughs> I was sprawled out, and sometimes when you get hit in football, you make sounds that you can't ever get back, you know? So I'm like, ah, you know, just like a, one of those ones, like the whole team kind of looks over, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm on the field at, outside of uh, Knott Hall in, in, uh, at Notre Dame my freshman year in training camp and I just was destroyed by this guy who continually he was a senior and he kept beating me and he kept you know physically you know dominating me in different drills and so uh, I just that night I was like you know what I am a college football player I am here to play football I can beat him on this one drill I can put all my effort and total resolve into achieving what I want on this one play not the whole practice I, I you know I'm gonna. I want to get there, but I started just breaking it down. I can. I can fire off with all of my mind. I can guess where. I can use my best guess and just fire off and hit him as hard as I fucking can. I will. And the next day that and I envisioned it. I visualized it. And and I got to that place and I put my hand in the dirt. And as soon as I said said hi, I just drilled this motherfucker so hard that even he was shocked. One of the things when you hit people in in football, you can see their eyes sometimes. So when I hit him, his eyes just shot open, and he was surprised himself as he was rolling back to the ground, and I got on top of him, and that changed my entire career. Wow. And so me understanding that I had a power not only to choose, okay, you know, I was cleatless the day before making groaning sounds and, and sounds that embarrassed me versus, you know, I'm going to focus on this one thing. Right. And, you know, and I, and I often think, like, what would have happened if he had done something else and moved and right. I went and fell on my face, you know? Yeah. but. I would like to believe I had the willingness to do that again. Yeah. And so I continued to use that in different things, you know, like even meeting my wife. You know, I am, uh, you know, unmarried. I am someone who hasn't found love yet, but I'm going to, I can go ask this lady for her number and I can go on a date. I will, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I didn't like, oh, well, I haven't found love yet, so I'm not going to ask my wife for a number. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, but it's everywhere, you know, and I used it in the NFL and I use it as a parent. You know, yeah. I am a new parent. I am terrified. I can ask parents around me what they do. I can read books on parenting. I will ask questions. And so 
So I really started to use it to build my mindset in different areas. Because I think that's also a, a thing where whether you're focused on yoga or yeah. football or broadcasting or speaking, you can get so hyper-focused, but then you leave all those aspects to that part of your life. you got to bring it to your whole yes. life and use it every day. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing about yoga off the mat, where it's right. like yoga is just the microcosm and the macrocosm, right? So yeah. it's, it's just a small way to really instill solid foundation for the rest of your life and how you behave out in the world. Exactly. And how many people do we both know that can focus and do something so well, but their home life is a wreck or, you know, all the other areas or their health or, you know. Yeah. And so I think that that's the bridge where, where it's the mindset and doing the work and all the things you talk about really being able to achieve mastery in a way that's sustainable. Yeah. Right. You got to do the work. I mean, you know, one of the things I always think about with yoga, when I make it to my mat, I'm so happy, but I'm like, when I leave it, I'm like, okay, I got to breathe outside of the mat. You know, you talk about off the mat work, like here you are breathing in yoga, but then you're not going to breathe and focus on your breathing outside of it, you know? And my last yoga class, uh, you know, the, the instructor said, when the difficulty begins, your yoga starts. Mm-hmm. And, so I, and so then I go and, and I'm in traffic. Okay, here's my yoga. Okay, now I'm breathing. You know, now I'm grateful that I have a car. You know what I'm saying? So it's like taking that and, and applying it to, to all the different areas in your life. And, and it really, I think, and we shortchange ourselves when we don't do that. And, yeah. and we really are not willing to go for success. And that's one of the things... I've realized not everybody wants to be great. Not everybody wants to be successful. A lot of people want to be comfortable. And be okay that you don't want that. And be okay if they have feelings because you do want to be great or you do want to reach your best self or you do want to be happy. Yeah. I think we're just also such people pleasers that we we want everybody to feel the same amount of success that we do or we want them to do the same type of work that we did because we want to help elevate other people, but that doesn't always work, right? Uh, you know, you cannot just have Peyton Manning run a huddle for you in the play. Like, you have to run routes. I have to block, you know? And and one of the things is we always, you know, Coach Tomlin at the Pittsburgh Steelers has a phrase, comfort seekers, you know? Like, we want to seek comfort, you know? And, and he would scream that in the middle of one of the sweltering hot practices, do not seek comfort, gentlemen, you know, and you're just like, no, you know what? I do want to seek comfort right now. I want an ice cream, lollipop, you know what I'm saying, with some footsies and a pedicure. I, I want some comfort right now. But you got to know when not to, and you got to do the work. And that's one of the things you mentioned I talk about, picking up a shovel and digging. Yeah. You know, dig, dig, dig. Every building, every diamond was dug for. And so, too, you will have to do so in your life, whether you're a yoga instructor, a broadcaster, a teacher, you got to dig, you got to do the work. And that's what separates you, you know, because I don't want people around. I, you talk about having success. I don't want people around me to have the same success I've had. I want them to have their success that they've worked for. Yeah. And for me, if I can give any piece of tools or uh, advice on how to build those tools, how to do that work or how I did it in my career, I mean, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. That's so good. I'm like, and we're done. That's it. Um, I, I'm really inspired by the way that you've committed to your dedication to the visualization practice. Yeah, I huge. love that. Because for me, that was, that was something that I did as well. And, and I love 
in the in the book you you wrote about oh it was the night before the championship yeah. and and you said something about like visualizing you didn't even know what the bottom of the trophy would oh, look man. like. Oh, man. I got, like, the right? chills thinking about it right now. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell us about that. You know, visualization is such a powerful tool. And a lot of people don't know, your, your favorite athletes, whether men, women, sport, doesn't matter. Every one of the great athletes uses visualization. And one of the things for me the night before the Super Bowl, I, visual, I had, you know, I'd written down my goals, you know, uh, overcome my fears and mistakes, play, you know, have fun, play hard strike your target and then it said raise the trophy and I wrote those before the playoffs even started so here we are the night before the Super Bowl and I've carried this paper with me through three other games and and we get there and, and I just visualize those different things and I visualized holding the trophy and for whatever reason the Lombardi trophy for those who don't know football is just this massive iron football you know and and uh, it's got a stand underneath it but when I was visualizing it I could only see it from the bottom up. And I'd seen them in like cases and stuff, but I'd never actually touched one before. Uh, so I thought, well, that's weird. You know what I mean? Here it is from the bottom up. I've never seen it that way. Well, 24 hours later, after we won the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning turns to me and hands me down from the stage the Super Bowl trophy. And here I touch it for the first time, and I'm looking at it from the bottom up. And it just is just, my mind is crazy, you know? And yet I've been there. And so I'm there, and I kiss it, and I turn, and I say, hey, Dad, how about you hold the Lombardi? So in that moment, I'm able to be active and be present because I visualized that, you know. Right. And, and I got this great picture of my dad who's taught me football and who's been with me through almost every single game and, you know, all the whole journey. And he's just touching the Super Bowl trophy like, oh, my God. And you realize, well, it's cold, you know. This Lombardi trophy is a piece of metal that's been waved around a stadium. No one's really touching it. It's a cold piece of metal, but it's just like your whole dreams. And, and so visualizing that moment, and experiencing it was so powerful. And that's why your favorite athletes in their post-game or post-match interviews are, are calm and collected. It's never a surprise to the winner that they won because they did the work, right? Yeah. They saw it happen. They, they yeah. overcame that. Yeah. Um, even the Pittsburgh Steelers, before every playoff game, they do visualization as a team. You know, Phil Jackson for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Chicago Bulls did visualization with his team. And one of my favorite things about visualization, you see who's not there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the night before a game, when I'm visualizing going in and playing a great game, you know, one of the things I would visualize is getting a text, because everybody always texts you in the NFL, like, two hours before the game, like, hey, can I get a couple tickets? It's like, no. Oh, and, no. and that used to really bother me, you know what I mean? But it's like, okay, I'm going to get a text. I'm not going to let that bother me. You right, know, right. whoever it is, because it changes every week, no, right. the answer is no, and I'm not even going to respond. Right. So now when that happens, I'm just moving through it, you know, and, and you realize who's not around you. And then you kind of get done with your visualization and you think, okay, well, why am I going to lunch with this person when they're not a part of any of my success? They don't make me happy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting away from that. So visualization is so huge um, in that it shows you what you can do and also who's not around you. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. I've never thought about that because yeah. in my journey and in my path, it's I do the same thing. I'm, I'm huge into visualization. I mean, I do meditations on visualization. I mean, yeah. that's really sort of where my focus is. So when something happens, like the cover of a magazine, yeah. it's exactly what you're saying. It's I'm so honored and it's surreal. But to me, I'm like, but this is this is my path. This yeah. is where I'm going. Yeah. You know. So it just feels like okay. It's just more winks from the universe saying just keep going yeah but i like what you're saying about vision or seeing who's not there yeah. because i think for most people that's 
that's the thing that we we don't think about because we think, oh, er, unless everybody's here, I won't achieve this. Right. Right. Or I'll be viewed as an asshole, or I'll be viewed right. as ungrateful, and and it really took a lot of personal growth and, and toughness and courage on my part to be to be like that. You know, uh, you know. One example, you know, we we won the AFC Championship game. We're going to the Super Bowl. And I get a text from somebody who I hadn't seen in two years. Hadn't seen this person in two years. And they texted, hey, congrats on going to the Super Bowl. Can you come by my kids' kindergarten class this week and get them pumped up for the game? And it's like, uh, first of all, good to see you. How have you Why been? Are you? <laughs> Second of all, uh, no. You know? And third of all, when I'm thinking about this, I'm, I'm writing out this text, and I'm just like, I'm not even sending this text. You know, delete, 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 and just recognizing distractions can be huge you know yeah. and I see a lot of guys in the NFL fall victim to that wow. you know of you know I saw a young player at the Super Bowl and I'm big on financial literacy to, to cats yes. and and he's and I'm like hey what are you doing with money and he's like oh I'm good I got good people around me and I look and his uncle's got a brand new leather jacket on a fur hat and three chains I'm like that's the guy handling your money huh that's great you know like and I but you got to be honest there so I've seen guys fall victim to that and I was myself you know one year I looked and I'd, given, I'd spent $20,000 on giving away tickets. And the next year, I'm like, I'm not doing that. And, by the way, people, when, they, in the, when you're in the NFL, they want to come in on a Friday night. You know, and they're like, hey, what's going on in Denver? Hey, what's going on in Pittsburgh? What's going on in Houston? Like, where are we going to eat dinner? Like, oh, wait a second, this is my Wednesday. I don't show up on your job on a Wednesday telling you, like, hey, take me out to dinner and, you know, expect you to right. put me up. So I started telling people, hey, you're coming in Saturday night. You want to hang out? Stay till Monday because I'm not doing this, you know. So. Yeah. Learning how to recognize distractions has been paramount for my life. And, and, and every champion I know, they recognize distractions. You think Peyton's, you know, engaging with every single person that wants the free tickets? You know, you, you just got to learn to, hey, not right now, not ever, not, you know, not for the next six months. You know, yeah. the year we won the Super Bowl, I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. focused on winning a championship. And if you can't support that, then we don't even need to be spending time together. Yeah, I think that also is something that's very on the surface of everything that we do with social media too, yeah. right? It's like, oh, here's this person that's doing this. I need to reach out to them and figure right. out how I can connect with them. Or um, or then it becomes the opposite, right? It's the comparison game, right. right? Where then it, for the people that are trying to achieve this mindset might get thrown off because I'm seeing how successful Ryan is, like all the stuff he's accomplished in his life. How come I'm not there? Right. You know? And to me, it's like, well, you're not there because you ain't doing the work. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I would say, what, do, you know, what decisions did you make? Right. Did you decide to, you know, coast through college? You know, did you decide? And that's fine. But then don't be upset about it now, you know? Right. And instead of saying why not and looking in the past, what can you do yeah. in this moment? And that's when we talk about I am, I can, I will, you know? can really focuses you on the present puts it on yourself okay rosie's blowing up she's got the podcast she's got the meditation she's got two studios in la girl you're killing it now crushing <laughs> it all right oh you know I, instead of me saying well why am i not as successful as rosie i was like well what can i do well, i could start a studio but you know what? i'm i like yoga but i like going to yoga class i don't like teaching yoga but you know if i do like teaching yoga i can take a teacher training okay i can commit to that i can finish that you know so Instead of trying to compare, you know, look at what you can do, and that really, really helps you focus on your success and the reasons why you haven't had it. Yeah. How, is, uh, how has your mantra helped you as a parent? 
tremendously. Uh, everything from, uh, you know, my daughter's a spirited child, and I re you know, I've read books. My mother's a, a doctor in education, a PhD, and she, she, you know, gives me these books to read on parenting. And so I find out my daughter's a spirited child, much like myself, you know. So I would say things like, I am frustrated my daughter's not going to bed right now. I can give her space because she's different than my son, who if you tell him to go to bed at 8 o'clock, he goes to bed and he just falls asleep. That's not my daughter. So I can understand that she's going to be different than him. I will give her space. I will not engage. And I will hope she's asleep in 30 minutes. You know, so it's like that's even one way I've done it. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, um, you know, I am a parent and I, you know, I can make sure that my kids have a diverse experience, even though I may live in a non-diverse area or I may, um, you know, I may have to, they may go to a school that doesn't have the diversity that I really benefited from growing up, but I can create those experiences through travel. I can create those experiences through teaching them Spanish at an early age and speaking to them in Spanish. So, um, you know, I will do those things. So I use that mantra almost every day, you know, and it gives me pause sometimes. It gives me action points other times. And it gives me relief every time. Yeah. Because I'm able to have that conversation with myself in that moment, you know. Yeah, I love that. Well, it's just you're you're such a attentive and present human being already. So I'm sure that that's going to translate with you as a parent too, which yeah. is awesome, you know. Yeah. Um, what is the big visualization you're going through right now? What are you manifesting? Um, yeah, that's an amazing question. Uh, and, and I'm so happy I've been doing it because it brought us here today. I'm doing less. I'm visualizing less in my day. One of the things for me is you know, I want to make the most of every opportunity. And as you know, we know people all over. So, okay, yeah. I'm in L.A. I can go in the morning and do this, and I can be back. And if, if I, you know, I can travel 45 minutes across town and get back, and I can then go to dinner. It's like, you know what? I'm visualizing less. I'm visualizing doing less, relaxing more, having, having more conversations that matter versus more conversations. And so for me, I'm visualizing just less in my day, what I can remove from my day. I'm visualizing what I put on my day. You know, like just I was just in New York and Notre Dame was playing uh, um, Syracuse at, at Yankee Stadium. And, and Friday, the day before the game, I, in my mind, I was going to go work out. I was going to go have a couple of meetings and I was going to go across town to a radio studio and meet with them. And, I, and all of a sudden, I'm, after breakfast, I'm like, I can just get rid of all that in my day. Do some extra studying, be happy. So that's what I'm doing, visualizing less in my day. That's nice. I'm like, that sounds so relaxing. I'm telling you, it feels good, don't it? <laughs> it does. It does feel great. I love it. I think that one of the biggest things that I really love about athletes is the level of dedication and discipline that it takes to get from from knowing nothing because everyone everyone starts yeah. from ground zero, right? Yeah to getting to a place and achieving a certain level of greatness, right? I've always, I, I love watching sport, all sports. I can watch any sport and be totally enthralled yeah. and in it. Me too. And, and excited, right? Because you understand what it takes to, for those athletes to get to that point. That's why I love the Olympics. Right, you know, me the too. Olympics are like, man, they've been practicing this yes. triple axle or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. You know, any doesn't Anything. matter, you know? Yeah, and I think that it really takes somebody who's even experienced that in a small scale 
that that vision to to feel that same uh, sense of excitement for them, right? Yeah. So it's like for for you in seeing other other athletes achieve greatness. You you've already you've gone to a place where you've achieved essentially the pinnacle that you can in your field. Yeah, yeah. It's the ultimate. Yeah. Right? You've awesome. done it. Met Obama. Right. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, I know. I, so I said salam alaikum to Barack Obama in the White House. I pissed in George Washington's bathroom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so you you take that experience, right? So the athletes out there, the people that are wanting to achieve that that same fulfillment in their lives. If you were to give them three pieces of advice, only three, just that's it. Mm -hmm. What would those three pieces of advice be? Maya, we need to hire you in broadcasting. You got some great questions. Uh, one, celebrate every win. I'm huge on that. Celebrate every win. I think especially when you dedicate yourself to your dream or to your perfect life or to your health, uh, it can be easy to say, well, I'm not there yet, I'm not there yet, I'm not there yet, versus recognizing we're having tea right now by the beach because I removed things from my day. I got to wake up today. I'm excited today. I, got, I get to see the sun today. I'm breathing fresh air today. There's astronauts in space right now. I can't wait to take a breath uh, you know, of fresh air. You know, So just celebrate every win to really give yourself just the knowledge of how much you've done and how much it takes, you know, because all of a sudden you start looking back, you know, if I said to you, Rosie, you know, what was, what did it take for you to get here right now? Not just driving through LA, but what did it take for you to get here right now? And you start looking at all the decisions you made that were made a huge difference, big ones, small ones, some as big as your head, right? And so yeah. But it's like, so celebrate every win. See, see the journey you've been on and know you'll continue and you'll achieve. Um, and I'd also say, don't worry about being different. You know, it sounds different to be a champion. It looks different to care about everything and nothing, you know, and so don't be afraid to be different. That's great. If, you, if, you're, if you're ruffling feathers, it's, it's their problem, not yours. And lastly, you know, and we talked about pick up a shovel and dig, but I'll say it, pick up a shovel and dig. You know, I remember before the Super Bowl, after the Chiefs told me I had no football left, I'm in a dark, I was in a dark gym, you know, literally, literally and figuratively. Like, the gym didn't have great lighting, you know what I'm saying? I'm working out with my trainer, but it was a dark gym of doubt, you know? And, like, you know, maybe the Chiefs are right. They, I don't have any football, but I, I refuse to believe it. And I just chose my mindset that I am a champion. I can help a team win. I'm working out in this dark gym and lifting yeah. weights, and it does matter. And, and then I, you know, go to the Broncos and we win. So, you know, pick up a shovel and dig and, and do the work when no one's looking. You know, you work with, I lifted with Peyton Manning, and one of the things he does is he practices fumbled football snaps in between lifting. And no one sees that. That's not on a football card. That's not in an article that's being written. Yeah. But that's the level of commitment of work that he's willing to do. And that's the willing amount of work that you're going to have to do no matter what it is, the stuff that people don't see. And yeah. that's where you'll grow. Yeah. And I'm like, and on that note, um, just some rapid fire questions before we wrap. Word. What is freedom? The ability to do what you want and be financially independent. Freedom is not having debt. Freedom is, freedom is knowing I can do what I want and being able to do so.
What is happiness? Happiness comes from where you can be. Happiness comes from you. It comes from within, not from without. That's one of the things I love about what you talk about is that moment when you went to that studio and recognized that you were responsible for your happiness. I mean, that's such a powerful moment. And I have people in my family who I think still, as adults, don't realize that. So happiness is what you, what you want. What is love? Love is loving something or someone more than yourself and serving that every day when it's inconvenient, when it's convenient, when it benefits you, when it doesn't benefit you. It is unselfish, the most unselfish thing you can do. Wow. So the final two questions are in regard to this podcast and why I created this podcast. So I ask all my guests this question. And as much as I try and reframe it, I can't ever reframe it because it just, it, it, it's really about the belief system that the universe works for us and not against us, yeah. right? That we're radically loved by God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding, yeah. that we are supported, that the world is a beautiful place. So the two questions for you are, the first one is, how do you feel radically loved? And then the second one is, what do you radically love? Uh, nice, nice. Uh, what makes me feel radically loved? My family. Uh, I just, and we talked about it before, you know, I'm, it's crazy how important I am to my kids and, I'm, and my wife, and I'm so lucky for that. Um, but I feel radically loved when people share their time with me. You know, I, uh, like just knowing you, for example, you're a very busy person on your way to XYZ and to share time and to laugh together. I've, I feel radically loved when I share time with people uh, and, and smile and laugh. And then what do I radically love? I radically love my family. And I radically love the one human race. I love us. I love the best of us. I love the opportunity that the worst of us give us to engage and connect. Uh, so I radically love my family and us. Ryan, you're the best. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for connecting. Good to you're see you, champ. sister. You know Good what I'm to saying? See you too. So for the people listening who want to connect with you, um, where can they go for more information and where can they find you? Yeah, uh, my website, ryanharris68.com. Shoot me an email, ryan at ryanharris68.com. Uh, love to connect. Check out the book, Mindset for Mastery, on Amazon.com. And uh, yeah, just, just keep following my sister Rosie and all her podcasts, <laughs> all the people Stop. she's bringing to our lives. So for the people that are listening, we are giving away 10 books. Wow. So for those of you listening, if you're listening to this podcast, just take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Share or tag both Ryan and myself. Yep, at Ryan here, 68. And at Rosie Acosta. And you'll enter a chance to get the book shipped right to your doorstep. Yo, that's awesome. Thank you, sister. See you, me? What? You're the best. You're the best. That's fantastic. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening. Is there something missing in your life? Is there something that you want to do in the world to create an impact but feel that it's overwhelming?
So many of us walk through life feeling unsatisfied, overwhelmed, tired, and desperate for a deeper connection, but don't quite know how to achieve the things that we want in life. Join us this spring at the Dunsky Castle in Scotland for seven days of yoga, meditation, and yoga nidra, all focusing on finding your life's purpose. During our time together, we will learn how and when to take action, how to lead from our heart and not our head, how to break up with our inner critic for good, and dive deep into learning about desire and discipline and how this creates a purposeful life. For more information, go to radicallyloved.com or you can message us at info at radicallyloved.com, subject Scotland. We'll see you soon.